What's up, guys? We are back for another episode of How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is John, and I'm sitting here, as always, with Aaron. Aaron, what is up, man? Hey, John. Excited to be here once again to get this podcast underway. Man, I know we have another uh, good podcast coming, so what do we have on the agenda? So today, we are going to revisit probably our most popular series, the thing that I get a lot of feedback on, and that is the do's and don'ts of pro wrestling and this is actually part five so what a series that is i love every episode we've done on this john lots of really cool topics that we can hit kind of just rapid fire and give them some great value some great content and stuff i love these do's and don'ts episodes me and aaron have talked before off air just about like you could you could take the do's and don'ts episodes stick them all together just listen to those kind of rapid fire in a row and get like a really great Solid podcast because, like, you know, our goal here is to get right to the point, not waste a lot of your time. So, that being said, right off the bat, guys, if you haven't already, please head over to Facebook, check us out. We are at How to Become a Pro Wrestler. All you got to do is top that into the search bar, you'll find us. We got a page, please like that page. And we've also got a private group that I would love for you to join. So, join our group as well. Head over to Instagram, we're still at how to become a pro wrestler, and we've got tons and tons and tons of great quality content for you. Drop your email, jump on our news list, and we will keep you up to date on everything coming down the line. So let's get to it, guys. The do's and don'ts of pro wrestling. So topic number one, do learn how to call it in the ring and in the back. I need you to be able to call it in the ring and in the locker room. And I'm gonna break down kind of what I mean by that. This is actually a bit of a controversial subject depending on what generation of pro wrestler you're talking about. So let me just tell you what they are, what it means at first, just in case you're not privy to it at all. So calling it in the ring is the ability of a very well-skilled, well-trained wrestler to control different parts of the match on the fly without a predetermined game plan. That is, I'm talking about two guys who go into the ring with no plan, nothing planned at all, and they have a match. Lots of veterans are going to tell you that this is the superior way to perform a match. And I'm not saying that they're wrong. It is something that you absolutely have to learn how to do. Calling it in the back is the process of scripting your matches from start to finish. Now, that's calling it entirely in the back. That's where... And you'll have that, and you see it a lot of times on TV nowadays, in, in AEW and, and even in WWE as well. You see guys going out there and having matches that are, you know, I mean, you just have to call it like it is. They're scripted start to finish. Everything from the opening bell to the closing bell to the one, two, three count has been planned already, and they come out and they perform that in the ring. It takes a lot of memorization. Sometimes it takes rehearsal, not all the times. So a lot of times you just sit down in the locker room, you go over this with each other, and you're both skilled enough to perform everything you talk about. You go to the ring and you do it. But the newer, younger generation are very closely associated with this particular style. Like I said, it gets a lot of negative remarks from the really older generation. And again, I'm not saying either one is wrong, but I need you to be able to blend both of them. But when it can be done, when calling it in the back can be done seamlessly, where a casual viewer is never going to know that, that say it was scripted. Like, and, that, and that's the goal, right? I, I, I want to be able to call it in the back, go out there, perform my match that I had planned and predetermined. But I don't want the casual fan to be able to tell that I had everything memorized and ready to go. The older generations are going to call this a dance routine, where you're going out there with memorization and you're just performing without, uh, without 
calling it on the fly, which, which is definitely a skill that was born in the earlier days of pro wrestling when people were traveling from territory to territory and having different matches with different people. But, I mean, to be truly successful in pro wrestling, you have to learn both. So do learn to do both. The real formula for a quality match lies somewhere in the middle of those two styles. As most things often do, the answer is truly in the middle. This is as simple as perhaps calling just the, the finish in the back. Maybe you just plan the one, two, three count in the back, what you're gonna do to get into that, what finishing move, what sequence, you know, what big, big, you know, dramatic finish you're gonna come to before your three count. But the rest of the match you call on the fly. You go up there and you do your thing because you're both trained professionals, you both understand the art of pro wrestling, and you can go up there and call things on the fly in the actual match. But in today's world of pro wrestling, you need to be skilled at both. So don't condemn one and neglect it entirely. Condemning either style entirely leaves a huge flaw in your armor. If you can't call it in the ring at all, then the moment that something goes wrong, you are going to get lost. And lost is another pro wrestling term where, where, you know, as a wrestler, if you're a skilled wrestler and you're watching a match and you see two guys kind of, I mean, fumble, I guess is the best way to put it, you're going to go, oh, they're lost or he's lost. That's just kind of a, a phrase that we use. And if you're not used to calling it in the ring at all, if you're not spontaneous in your performance as a pro wrestler, then the very second that your game plan goes wrong, somebody slips, somebody trips, somebody misses, something happens, something goes bad, you're going to be entirely lost and flabbergasted, and it can be a disaster, and it can take a, a, an awesome match down into a very bad match if you don't know how to recover properly from those things going wrong. If you can't call it in the back, though, you're alienating yourself from the more modern style, stylistic wrestling, building spots, finishes, the loops on a roller coaster where you're building to that big crescendo, where you're telegraphing moves. And, 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 but, but again, like I said earlier, this needs to be performed seamlessly. You don't want to look like you're out there going step one, step two, step three. You want to be, look like you're doing a solid, fluid performance. But you have to be able to do both. But you've got to be able to call it in the ring as well because if something goes wrong, you don't want to be lost. So guys, I need you to learn both styles. Very important there. All right, guys, let's move on. Do practice being what we call snug. And I'm going to break down what that means. So in pro wrestling, the term snug refers to the intensity of a punch, of a kick, of a strike, or really any move in general. It could be a suplex. It could be a snug suplex. It could be a snug submission hold. It could be a snug headlock. It could be a snug forearm, elbow, punch. It's just a word that references the intensity level behind a movement in the ring. These movements should look amazing and they should feel intense enough to let your opponent know that they've been hit and how intense they should sell the art of selling, reacting to these punches, kicks, strikes, submissions, suplexes, moves in general. That's the art of selling, which we get into in previous episodes, which we're going to get into in the future episodes as well. But you want to know how intently should I sell this movement? And you can do that based on the snugness of your opponent's strike. Okay? But we're going to get into the differences and what the opposite of snug is here in a second. 
but these movements, these snug movements, should not leave any lasting effects like bruises, scars, anything like that. You're not out there to hurt each other, guys. You know that. If you train yourself to be snug and you receive the same level of punishment, the same level of intensity that you dish out, you will be more ready for anything once you branch out to face opponents from around the globe. Guys, it's super important that we're there for each other and that we keep each other safe. And being snug allows you to, to not be just absolutely taken out of the moment if somebody hits you a little too hard. It's going to happen, guys. This is a contact sport. I don't care what they tell you. I mean, pro wrestling, in its essence, is incredibly physical. It's two guys going at it. And the snugness allows you to really lay that intensity in without hurting each other, but letting each other know how serious that you actually are are and this helps the selling it helps everything and you have to get used to it in practice and training and every match you ever had because you don't want to branch out and go to a, a different state a different country and experience this level of intensity from someone and be completely shocked by it to where you're like holy crap like like why is he beating the crap out of me i've never trained like this before so you want to be used to that you want to be able to do that guys so really if you know a couple other tips Chops. So knife edge chops. Ric Flair does them. Shawn Michaels does them. All kinds of, of pro wrestlers. It's a classic pro wrestling move, the knife edge chop, or even the overhand chop or anything. The kind of level of snugness that I'm talking about is where you're really laying those shots in. I mean, you're slapping the guy in the chest as hard as you can. You're not slapping your leg, though, okay? So imagine trying to hit someone so light and so tender that you need to slap your own leg to make a noise because you're not hitting their chest hard enough. So this is just a tip. Maybe this is personal taste. But I need you to lay those types of moves in. Those are the things that you can lay in without leaving lasting effects on your opponent. These are moves for noise, for oohs and ahs from the crowd to just show them that there is a real degree of intensity happening in the ring. It's not all just play fighting. So let's move on to what the, I don't know if opposite is the proper word, but it's the, the different degree of snugness. And we call this being stiff. So don't confuse being snug with being stiff. Remember what I said in an earlier episode. Safety is the number one priority. It takes two to tango, guys. You're both out there. Maybe it's one-on-one, -on -one, but guess what? You're still kind of a tag team working together to make a quality match for all the fans who paid to watch you. Stiff refers to the actual intention of the person delivering the strike, punch, kick, move, headlock to cause harm to his opponent. Now, stiffness has been related in the past to trying to send a message to maybe someone who, who isn't performing to the best of their ability. You'll hear cases all the time of maybe someone is going to the ring and, and they're phoning it in a bit. Maybe they, maybe they didn't get enough sleep the night before. Who knows what happened, but their performance is suffering and their opponent gives them a stiff shot to kind of wake them up. That is not necessarily right, but that's also not what I'm referring to with the actual intent of harming someone. Being stiff is going to be related with actually trying to injure, bruise, break, hurt someone by doing something so intense. Because remember, this is pro wrestling, right? We're working together. You are giving your body to someone else. You are allowing someone to... to hit a DDT on you and drive your head, you know, quote unquote, into the ground. 
if someone decides, wow, I'm going to hurt this guy and really hooks their neck, they could actually drive your skull into the ground and harm you. This is not something you are ever allowed to do in pro wrestling. Because remember, I'm going to say it until the end of time, until we do the last episode. Safety is always the top priority in that ring. Take care of your opponents. Don't try to harm someone by being stiff. And if someone is being stiff unintentionally, if they are actually ignorant to their own ability to, to properly perform a technique, they have to be taken aside. They have to be told. Your opponent is your partner. The two of you are working together to put on this great performance. All right, guys, before we get into the last topic, I want you to go over to Facebook. I want you to type in at how to become a pro wrestler into the search bar. Like our page. Leave us a comment. Join our group. Type a message in there. What would you like to learn from us? Drop your email. You'll jump on our newsletter list where we're going to send you tips every single week. Join that group where we talk about the podcast, break down all these cool topics we talk about. Did I leave something out? You can let me know in the group, and we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll add it in a future episode, and we will take care of all of you and every pro wrestling need that you have. One more topic today, guys. Do train to be in ring shape. Let's break that down. Any wrestler worth his weight will tell you that there is a major, major difference in being in ring shape and being in gym shape. Never, ever, ever underestimate the effects of moving and bumping and lifting combined in a relatively short period of time, a pro wrestling match, which is, you know, going to average probably somewhere in the 8 to 12 to 15 minute range, and you're moving fast you're bumping, so you're slamming your body into the ground, you're jumping to your feet, you're moving more, you're taking punches and forearms and headlocks and bumping again and jumping to your feet and running the ropes. Never underestimate how intense that is and never think that just because you are a gym freak, just because you are, are jacked head to toe, and that's great, that's gonna take you a long way in pro wrestling. Looking the part is a huge, huge, huge part of it. That's in the top five things that we talked about in, a, in one of our earlier episodes. You gotta look the part, but you also gotta perform the part. So looking the part is not enough because I will tell you right now, the most intently cardio-driven athlete that looks great in the gym will jump in that ring and he will be exhausted in his first training session because you just can't get used to things like slamming your body into the ground and then moving and striking and performing unless you actually get out there and train at them. So guys, do train to be in ring shape. Don't think that just being in gym shape is going to cut it. You cannot rely on looking the part alone to get you through. Looking like a wrestler does go a long way, but performing like a wrestler, listen up guys, takes you all the way. So guys, ring shape and gym shape, perfect combination. And we're gonna help you get to both of those things in the future. We got all kinds of cool stuff coming for you to help you get into the exact perfect peak condition that you need to be in to become a pro wrestler. Aaron, what do you think about today's topics? Man, this is all great information here. Um, yeah. One of the things on the first one that I really, uh -huh. really made me think about was uh, we go to Myrtle Beach every year. Yeah. Um, and we go to this pirate show, like Dolly Parton okay. like, owns his pirate show thing. And it's choreographed. Like you got pirates of fighting course, yeah. and they're getting punched and kicked and stuff. And these guys probably do this like 10 times a day. Sure. sure and it sure. is so, my boys yeah. love it, but it's so choreographed. Right, right, right. And right. You can just tell, phony yeah. looking. And that's what popped in my yeah. head when you said the choreograph. Sure. Um, whenever they're back in the back and they're sure. going over the match. And I've seen those matches Absolutely. where you can tell it's just been scripted and they're not 
really into right. it. Right, right, um, right. So I just found that interesting um, on being able to do both because right. I've listened to a lot of stuff from Steve Austin and some of the older guys mm-hmm. and talking about calling it in the ring Absolutely. and who calls it and who doesn't call it in the ring right. and, and everything like that. So that was really interesting. I think that's great blending it uh, together. I think that's, that that's, just, where the, that's where the magic is. It's yeah, right man, in the middle. Being, yeah, being able to call ha- have a game plan but being able to call that audible when you need it. Absolutely. So definitely good there. Um, the snug and stiff, those are two terms that I've heard sure. or not. I've never heard them described. Kind of broken and down. Like, yeah, so I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I know the guys listening will enjoy that too. And, of course, the last one, man, that, that's where my niche is, man, in, in that ring shape mm-hmm. and how that's going. And I can't wait to get some of our uh, strength and conditioning uh, sure. programming out to these guys and uh, do some podcasts in the future to give them some more information. Right, absolutely. And there are things, guys, that you can do in the gym – to get you better for in the ring, besides for just looking the part, there are some ways that you can train to give you an edge when you do start working in the ring a lot. And there, there's not a lot of places, you know, you're, you're not going to go to, I'm not going to ask you to go to your local gym and, and start bumping in the floor or anything, but there are things that you can be doing. And that's what our programs are going to be built around, based around. Um, Aaron and I have been working on some programming and stuff that we hope to bring you very, very soon. That is really, truly the first, you know, type of strength programming that was built for wrestlers by wrestlers in terms of we want you to look the part but we also want you to perform the part so guys look forward to that stuff and so much more coming down the pike once again head on over to facebook type in at how to become a pro wrestler join our page join our group like comment subscribe you will be the first one to know about all those great things like that strength program that i just mentioned to you you'll be First in line for all the new episodes of the podcast. we got new episodes coming to you every Thursday. And you will be the first to know about everything that How to Become a Pro Wrestler has to offer. So guys, thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Don't wait for your opportunity. Take it. This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event.